God this morning. Amen. A lot of other places we could be. Amen. It's good to be here. And uh, we never take that for granted these days. And I think, I hope we never do. You know, we never take for granted coming into the house of God and being able to meet with one another and be able to pray with one another and care for one another this morning. And um, I think it's an important aspect of our faith to be able to come together. And this morning I had a, a message all about worship. And you know what happened? God changed that message on me on Thursday. Actually changed the message on you this morning. <laughs> so I really felt something as on, on Thursday as I was praying over the service. I was praying over the church and praying over my many prayer requests. I have a prayer app that I'm just going to go through and pray for each person in the morning. Really since God speaking this to my heart, this particular message, and I just began literally taking out my phone and writing down all these notes. So it's going to be a little bit different because we're not in the Disruptor series. We're kind of pulling out of that for this week. So I feel like this is a, an important message for us. It comes from Romans 8, 35 37. We'll turn there in a few moments. But the title is Battle Born or Battle Ready. Battle Born or Battle Ready. Here's a soldier who was wounded in battle, and he was ordered to go to the military hospital. And arriving at the entrance, he saw two doors. He walked down this, the entrance, there's two doors there. One said for minor wounds, the other one said for serious wounds. So he chose the minor wounds and walked through that door. He entered the first door, and he walked down this long, dark hallway. At the end of that hallway, there were two more doors. One side said for officers, the other side said for enlisted men. So he chose the second door. Again, he found himself walking down yet another long hallway with two doors at the end. One door said for party members, the other said for non-party members. So the wounded soldier took the second door and found himself back on the street. Hmm. When he got back to his unit, his buddies asked him, well, how did it go at the hospital? How did things go? How, how are you feeling? He said, the people didn't really help me that much, but man, are they organized. <laughs> when we think of battle, when we think of spiritual battle, we know that battle is never fun. And being wounded in battle is even worse. And we have many veterans that have been wounded in battle over the years. We can find ourselves going through life down dark hallway after dark hallway, long hallway after long hallway, only to find, find our, ourselves not getting the help that we need and just finding ourselves right back to where we began. Why? Because there's never any healing. There's never any help along the way. And we continue to find ourselves going through the same door, same door, same door, and then out the door and back to where we started. So battle is not fun. And often, going into areas of healing and places of healing, we often can leave the same way that we went in to that hospital, still injured, still hurt. What I'm calling this morning battle one. We know spiritual battles are fought long and hard. They're difficult ones. Why? Because they're not against flesh and blood, against people. But the Bible says that they're against powers and principalities of the air. So we know spiritual battle can be a tough thing. It can be difficult. It can be hard fought. In scriptures like Romans 8, 37, that says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. 
We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And that sometimes, scriptures like that help us get through the battle. Because we know that we're more than conquerors through him and him working in us and through us. But I confess to you today that there are days when I get up in the morning that I do not feel like a conqueror. Can anyone else relate? Amen. There are many times. We often forget, though, the full context of that verse. When we read 837, we're all excited about we're more than conquerors. That's exactly what I needed to hear. But we need to go a few verses back before we get to the conquering part. In Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 37, I decided to switch it up a little bit this morning and use the NIV, the International Version. And it says this, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Then we get the verse, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So we have to get the full context. What's going on here? Despite of the calamity, despite the hardship or trouble or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, Despite the fact that we could be considered as sheep to be slaughtered and we're going through a continual battle, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors. What I want you to see here is that you're more than conqueror in the middle of the battle with everything that you face, that you are more than a conqueror. But it doesn't mean that you're never going to have a battle, does it? To be more than a conqueror. Because it starts off with all that stuff and then says, no, you will be more through him who loved us. So yes, despite the things that you face, we know at the end of the day that overwhelming victory is ours. But it doesn't mean that you're not going to face some battles along the way. And there will be some difficult battles. This church in and of itself has had its own battles. And every one of us have had personal battles. And sometimes through that process, we become battle-born. Battle-weary, battle-tired, battle-struggling. And with all of life's battles com combined with some of the battles sometimes we face in church, when we look at what's going on in our world and we see all these battles and we feel like they're all piling on our shoulders, it's no wonder that many people leave the church exhausted, tired, worn out, or worn down. You see, I really see the church as a place that we come, hopefully to be filled again, so that we can go back out so we can be prepared for whatever the next week has for us. That we can continue to grow in our faith. We can continue to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. We can continue to feel his presence and worship as we gather together. We can continue to pray for one another. We continue to grow in our faith. This is a place where we can encourage one another and spur one another on to good works, to do greater things, to do better things. Spur one another on to change and to let God transform us, to make us different and to make us new. It's a process in theology is called sanctification, where God continually is working on you to make you a little bit better than you were the day before, a little bit better than you were the week before, a little bit better than you were the year before. Battle war. Like all wars, some of the battles have been worth fighting, and others were not worth fighting. 
they came at a great cost. We often come to battle in one of three ways. We come out of battle in one of three ways. We come out, first of all, still standing. Still standing. We endured. We had the grit to press through every circumstance. And we said, I'm just going to press through. I'm going to do this. I don't care what's happening around me. And still standing, Ephesians gives us a little picture of this and what this looks like. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13, it says, Therefore, put on the armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything else, after you've done everything, to stand. After you've done everything, to stand. Sometimes it takes all that we have to stand and to press through what we endure. We need it through. It's like the Elton John song. I'm still standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You made it through. You've been faithful. You've stood at, at times of difficulty. But then you look around and you see people who were once doing battle with you that are missing. They're gone. Your casualties of war. You made it. We did it. Take me back just for a moment to when I was a senior in high school. I'm sure a little bit of my testimony with you before. But I decided that there was one particular day I was going to end my life. I had been saved at that point. My grandmother prayed with me the prayer of salvation at the age of five. But I decided that life wasn't worth living. And I didn't want to live anymore. I remember crying out to God, my face in the green shag carpet of our trailer. I had this Bible. It's a Dates reference Bible. You're familiar. Out on the floor. Began reading Psalm. I don't remember what Psalm it was. But I remember speaking to God, saying, God, I can't do this anymore. I can't carry the load. I can't carry the weight. And in that moment where I cried out to God, I sensed him speaking to me, saying, You're right. And that's the point. You can't do it. You need to release those things to me. Sometimes I wonder, I'm not, you don't have to be concerned for me or anything like that. But maybe you, you think, well, why me? Why do you say to me and not someone else? I had three friends that I was close to, three different people in high school that committed suicide. Leon Dennison, Matthew Larson, and Wendy Sutherland. Why me and not? At that point, I came and ended myself. I came to the end of myself, and I said, God, I can't do this. And then I stood. I endured. I pressed through. And I'm still standing. And I know there's all kinds of reasons, and I don't, I've never known those reasons aside of 
inside of heaven, which is said. But there are moments when I think about that. God saved me in the midst of all that I was going through. There are others who didn't have that same experience. And this morning, you're here, maybe you're still standing. You've been through a lot. And you find yourself still standing strong. When you've done everything else that you can do, you stand. And there's moments that maybe you just need to hear a word from God when you cry out to Him. It says, Give it to me. You're carrying it on your own. You see, despite the challenges this morning, you're here because you were born. Whatever it is that you went through, you are still here on this planet. You both, you've faced battles personally, and you face battles in the church. But you can come out of these, of these seasons, even though you stood, and you stood strong, battle won. Another way we come out of battle is something that we hear, we hear more about these days than we have in the past. PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. You've been hurt, injured, in such a way that it seems like you'll never be the same again. You'll never trust again. The hurt is deep and it's hidden. And we've learned a lot more about PTSD these days. But when soldiers return from World War I, World War II, the Korean conflict, Vietnam, soldiers do not want to talk about what they saw and heard and experienced. It's something called shell shock at that time. They bottled it up, and it continued to impact every area of their lives. It continued to impact many of their families and their homes and addictions and their emotions and depression. And when we face life's battles, it often leaves us broken. It leaves us less trusting. It leaves us hurt. There's a hidden hurt. And when we walk down through all these long, dark hallways, thinking we're going to get some help, we find ourselves right back to where we started. We become hardened, and it takes its toll on us. We cover up. We keep our guard up. We don't let others in. We become battle-worn. Another way, of course, that we come out of these battles is victorious. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 55 through 58. says, Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor is not in vain. So yes, though life has been rough, we know that there have been many victories along the way. And it's been the same for this church. There have been regrets and there have been victories. No doubt there have been many victories in our lives. There have been the ups and downs of life, the roller coaster of life the mountaintops and the valley experiences. Every one of us have been there. There are people that came to the Lord right here in this building. They came to know Christ right here in this building. And they're continuing to serve Him today wherever they are. See, it'd be easy to focus on the negative. But one thing I want to encourage you to do 
is to set your sights on the winds. Set your sights on the winds. Set your sights on the winds in your life, on God's faithfulness, on his grace, on his mercy towards you, on his continued hand over you and your family. Yet I hardly get the sense that even though we may experience victory in some battles, I hardly get the sense that any of us walk around feeling like we have complete victory. We're not there yet. Neither can we live on past victories. You see, there are more battles to be fought. But we can become battle-worn in the process. So the question is, how do we heal? How do we become battle-ready? How do we go from battle-worn to battle-ready? What is God trying to do in us? What is he trying to stir in us in this season, right now, in our nation, in the church's history? We know that there are hardened hearts, deep hurts, hidden pain. Maybe some are still standing, but they're struggling, and their knees are becoming weak. Maybe your holding arms are hurt. Yes, you've experienced some victory, but you've also experienced some defeat. And I can say with certainty that every one of us can say that. We've experienced victories. We've experienced mountaintops. We've also experienced defeats. They've been challenging and difficult. So what are the steps? To get us to that point where we see God at work. We're in the steps to get ourselves back to battle ready. Ready to do what God is calling us to do. Ready and willing to take on whatever we sense Him speaking us, speaking to us to do. The first thing, it has to start with this, is to forgive. There's no way around this. People have tried their way around this and tried to do different things, but without forgiveness, without letting it out without letting God work in our situation, we let that wound open. Or maybe it becomes a scar, but it's never fully clean. It's never fully changed. It's never fully healed. And we ask God to reveal that hurt and pain in our lives and the things that are impacting the way that we're living now so that it can be confessed, so that he can bring it up to the top and it can be healed. Matthew 6, 14-15 says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sin of their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. I'm going to share this with you this morning. If there's any unforgiveness in your heart, or my heart, this morning, we need to take care of this. Because we're holding up what God has for us simply because we've chosen not to forgive. And it doesn't mean it's going to be immediate. It may be a process. You may have to choose to forgive over and over and over again. But if you want to be healed, if you want to move forward, if you want the hardness of your heart to be broken, you must forgive others. And as your pastor, I am pleading with you, if there's unforgiveness in your heart, let it get clean. If there's unforgiveness there, 
pleading with you to forgive. Because I care enough to say, I know that that is going to hold you back over and over and over again. You're going to hit a wall until that forgiveness happens. And as Paul did, I'm pleading with you to live a life worthy of your calling. And you're never going to live a life worthy of your calling as long as you keep the bitterness and the unforgiveness in your heart. You're always going to be slamming against a wall. These are not my words or my opinions. This is the living and active Word of God speaking to us and speaking to you right now. And what is revealed in your heart and life is not revealed to hurt you more. It's revealed so that it can be healed. It's revealed so that there can be healing taking place. It's revealed so that you can move forward and God can give you everything that He wants to, everything that He wants to give. But there's been a wall between you and me. So you forgive. What's another way to be battle ready? Once you get that forgiveness and you know your heart is right, you keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. You ask the Lord to fill you with the Holy Spirit. If you've felt that before, you ask for a fresh one. If you've never felt it, the Bible says that when you ask, he is more than willing to give to you the Holy Spirit. You need that at work in your life because that is the, the part of our lives that sometimes we forget. But that's the part of our lives that's trying to bring change. The Holy Spirit is the one who directs that change. When we listen to that still small voice about things that He's trying to do in our lives, and we and we begin to do that and we see God at healing us. And as long as we're trying to do it in our own strength, we'll find ourselves hitting that wall once again. Keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Read his word and allow it to change you. His word, as I just stated, is living and active. When you read his word, there's something that gets inside your spirit. And you begin to understand maybe the circumstances as you listen to his voice and what he's trying to tell you about what you're reading and about what you're going through right now. There is no spiritual growth without, without hearing his word, without speaking his word without reading and growing. I would encourage you all to be at a discipleship group that's meeting on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. That's a great opportunity to continue to grow in your faith and continue to stand solidly on his word. What's another thing you do in order to refuel? You don't be anxious for anything. Instead, the word of God says to pray about everything. So bringing things to prayer. We have a group that prays every Tuesday night. And they continually bring these prayer requests before the Lord. You're all welcome to come here on Sunday mornings. We come and we pray together at around 9.30. And we pray here at the front of the altar for the different requests of our congregation. That's a moment where we come together and we're praying for one another. That's something that helps to refuel not only you, because you're praying for someone else, but it also helps refuel those that you're praying for. And we all need that. I'll let you pray for me as much as you want. And then how, how also do we refuel? We worship. Because often when we experience the presence of God in worship, there is healing that takes place. There is something that he speaks to us. That something that gets down in our spirit and our hearts. And we begin to see that God is at work. And God's using that song or that worship leader or the notes that are being played 
to really pull us in to his presence. We're going to hear more about worship next week. The last thing we do to refuel, to be battle ready, is we don't neglect meeting together. It's important for us to be together. It's important for us to hear God's word. It's important for us to pray for one another. It's important for us to encourage one another and spur one another on to good works, to do greater things. And that's what we do when we come together. I want this to be an encouraging experience for you, where you experience God in worship, where you hear God's word and it challenges you, and you walk out ready to face tomorrow. Don't neglect meeting together. And I want to say this, as a nation, we are coming out of, now it's just a, a small process, I'm not declaring any complete victory here, but we are beginning to come out of significant battles. There will be effects of the isolation that many have experienced. We've seen the death, and we've watched the death tolls on the screen of our TV as we watch the news. We know many who have been isolated are feeling maybe depression or struggling with loneliness. You might even struggle with being weird around people. Not because that's what we got used to in years. In years time. Well, what brings healing? Well, God begins. Well, What's in my heart that should be there? What attitudes, what thoughts, what things are coming to pass, are coming out of me that I need to be healed, that I need to work on anymore? Being encouraged, being, being focused on God's grace and His faithfulness in this time. I look back over this past year, and despite the difficulties, I'm blown away by His faithfulness to into this church. Along the way. Refuel. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. God's word, prayer, gathering together. Seeing all that we have been through and believing that there's a greater purpose. That there's something on our horizon for us and for this church. Now, believing not just for our church, but the church universal. I believe in God is stirring people right now in this moment. We have to sacrifice our tendency to keep things in, like those who came back from World War I and World War II. We need to be able to share our experiences and allow God to heal us and give it to God so that He can bring the healing. God reveals what is hidden not to harm, but to heal. In this process, we are changed. In this process, we are made new. In this process, we are made righteous. In this process, we are sanctified. We are set apart for his purposes. And I believe that God has something great in store for us as we begin to come out of this pandemic. And my challenge to all of us is the same challenge you've heard me say time and time again, is do not get sidetracked from what God wants us to do. Don't get sidetracked by the politics and all the other junk. Don't give in to the natural tendency to see only negative or bad things because there's plenty out there. But we're here for a reason. And we're here for the season. And we're here for such a time as this. And I've heard it said this way, if you are not dead, you are not done. You're here for a reason. If you are not dead, you are not done. 
God has something for you. God has someone for you to speak to. God has someone for you to minister to. God has someone for you to pray for. God has someone for you to reach out to, to provide for, to show his faithfulness through you. God has something for you. And this is not a time to just give up and just start looking up. Okay, Lord, we're just going to sit here and make it why? Because we don't know what's going to happen, and no one knows. And we're not going to set any gates. The scripture says that no one knows. No man knows. But what I'm challenging us to do, what I'm encouraging us to do, is that this is the time to get moving. This is the time to advance the kingdom of God. And this is what we're doing here in this season of HCC. So we're looking forward to what God is doing and what God is stirring. And when we think about opportunities we have like hope restored, and we're continuing to do other things here in this place. And I don't know if you know, but there's there's another church also renting from us and using some of our space in the economy. They're having the greatest time here with some of their Bible studies. And I don't know if you know this either, but we went through the calendar, and every night of the week, this building is being used. That is an issue of stewardship, and that's what I've been praying about and thinking through, and it's beginning to happen. And I don't care if it's us. It's kingdom building. We're seeing it happen. One of the greatest ways we can minister to others is by seeing the good in the world and not obsessing over the bad. What does this do? Same thing our mission statement is giving hope by loving God, loving people, and making disciples. We give hope. We want to be a church that gives hope. Not the doomsday church. We want to be in a church that gives hope to people who have people who are struggling with hope, or people who can't see anymore. In the environment we live today, you truly, if you begin to be positive and, and show the hope that you have, you will truly be a light in darkness. You will shine. Receiving every great move of God, including the founding of the Assemblies of God, were people who took seriously the call to reach the world. And people who realize that true revival begins right here with us. It begins with me, and it begins with you. It doesn't begin on the outside wanting to change everybody. It begins with God changing me. And it begins with God changing you. It begins with forgiveness, forgiving others, and receiving his forgiveness. And even that forgiveness that you offer, even if the person doesn't deserve it, becomes an area of ministry and a light to that person. It begins with heart and hearts beginning to break for the lost, for the dying and the hurting. It begins when hearts begin being healed. It begins when we realize that, yes, though we may face all kinds of stuff, we are more than conquerors, and no weapon formed against us shall prosper. It begins when we always give ourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because we know that our labor for the Lord is not in vain. Now this morning, you may be listening, and you may feel battle-worn. Maybe you feel battle-weary and tired. There's moments of this past year that I've felt all those things. All that's going on in our world sometimes just takes a toll on you, physically, mentally, spiritually. The first step to true victory is to know the person who gives us the victory. Who gives us that victory? It's Jesus Christ. Jesus experienced hurt. He experienced pain. He experienced rejection. 
was crucified so that you and I could experience victory. For it says, oh, death, where is your sting? Why? Because death no longer has a form. It's because of what Christ did. His death and his resurrection. So God loves you. And he died for you. And he paid the cost of your salvation with his life. Because he died, we can be forgiven. Because he died, we can have new life. Because he rose from the dead, we can rise again also to new life. And you can take that first step toward God, that toward a God that loves you and wants to bring hope, healing, and victory to your life. If you want to take that step, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me, whether you're watching online or here in the room. You don't have to say it out loud. You can pray it to yourself. If you want to say it out loud, feel free to do so. Lord Jesus, I am battle one, and I need you now. Please forgive my sin and help me to live my life for you. Help me to follow you all the days of my life, beginning today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This morning I want to encourage you, if you pray that prayer, you are now a follower of Christ. But we also know that there's more than being a follower of Christ than just saying a prayer. This morning I want to encourage you, if you do not have this app, it's called YouVersion. Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N. And look up the devotion called First Steps for New Believers. And that will be your first steps to continue to grow in your faith. If you're local, I would encourage you to stop in on a Sunday at 10 o'clock, 10 a.m. on Sundays. If you're not local, I would encourage you to find a church in your area that you can attend and be a part of. This morning, I want to speak to the rest of us who are already believers. I'm going to challenge you to ask God to search your heart for any unforgiveness. To search your heart for any hidden hurts that need to be revealed and healed. To search your heart for areas you have focused on that makes you negative toward the world that God so loves. Simply saying, Lord, Here's my heart. Show me if there's anything within me that's wrong. If there's anything within me that needs to be healed. And then ask God to help you be healed. To be back ready. For whatever God brings our way in this next season. Amen. Let's stand together this morning as I read this passage over you. In Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to read verses 1 through 3, and then also 12 and 13. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured on the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees. Make level paths for your feet, so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. This week in summary, my challenge to us 
is to seek God's healing. Do not grow weary or lose heart. Refuel and fix your eyes on Jesus. Strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees. Live victoriously and run with perseverance. Amen? God bless you. Have a great Sunday. I want to encourage you after service. Of course, we have the uh, annual business meeting. Take a 10 minute break. We're going to meet right back here in this room. And uh, during this time as well, if you feel any need to come to the altar, the altars will be open. There's a transition. Just transition it over. Uh, okay. Why doesn't it come up? Because it's like that.